Welcome to the Join Podcast. This is your host, Janina. Today, I have a special guest. I have Shalia's best friend, Tiffany, here with me. Um, Say hi to the people, Tiffany. Hey, everybody. Hope all is well. (laughs) We got to excuse our audio, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, we doing this off of... We putting things together. We improvising over here. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is my second guest host. Um, so how was your week, Tiffany? Because we were recording on a Friday. My week was, um, so far, it was so much better than last week. Last week was a roller coaster ride. Um, it was good overall, you know. I feel like it countered last week a little bit, but so we'll get into it. Yeah, this week went by really fast, in my opinion. Like, I can't believe it's Friday. I didn't have to work all week, and I can't believe it's Friday. Oh, so you was on vacation? I wasn't on vacation. I put in my two weeks last week, and they were like, "Uh, today can be your last day." What? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, congratulations is in order because yeah, uh, I started a new job on Monday. So yeah, so I kind yeah, I kind of had an idea that the lady was gonna do that. So I was, you know, working a contract role. And on Monday, I called um one of the people at the agency to see what I needed to do to provide my two-week resignation and she was like well you know you just send send me the letter and then I will reach out to the client to see whether or not they want you to work out your two weeks so when she said that I was like okay I'm sending it on Friday because I still need my last check to have this week on it so then she sent me an email like, oh I'm waiting for your letter no you'll get you'll get my letter like then y'all trying to rush me to quit So I sent it on Friday and then um, maybe like an hour or two later. Well, my manager, he said, um, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. But then um, the person, this is a different person from the agency. She contacted me and was like, oh, they said, thank you for the notice, but today can be your last day. So then UPS came yesterday to pick up my equipment, but I wasn't home. And the man said, because because I have um like a video doorbell and stuff. So I was not far, but I but I, I spoke to the man. I said, well, I'm not not there. He said, well, I'm gonna leave your label here. You can either drop it off at an access point where I can come tomorrow. I've been in the house all day. He still ain't come today. I got it all taped up at the door. Okay. Whatever. And um you know how I look at companies like that, like deuces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like my last contract role, I know they were doing it to some people in the like earlier stages. They were doing it to some people. But when I put in my two weeks, they let me work my two weeks. So not even give them two weeks. I gave them like a week notice, but they let me work it. So 
I was like, I don't know. But when she said what she said on Monday, last Monday, I was like, nah, they won't let me go that day. I don't, I never understood that, but um, they were saying like, I've heard that the logic is that once you've already put in note, put in your notice that you may, that they, I feel like the trust is gone, I guess. They feel like the sensitive information is now at risk. Just um. I will be chilling. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But I was like, whatever. I have a week. I, I always have plenty I can do. So I was like, I have plenty I have to do. That's why I, like, I'm in the process of putting this darn uh, wardrobe that I bought from Ikea together. Mm-hmm. I, I started today, but it's like, I don't, I don't know. Then I have something to go to later tonight. So okay. what's she going to later? They're having well, something for one of my friends um, okay. for her birthday. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not staying out long at all because I'm just like, I'm just not in that space anymore. It's so horrible, I think, but I don't really. What? Where do you want to go? Do you think it's the kids because you're so focused on being a mom, or? No, I think that I probably have. To, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think you have to be. I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I don't think it's that. I think it's just the fact that I know I have. You seem excited to be out with us. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say I don't think it's that. Because I was excited. I think it just depends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were excited. You were like, we was like, all right, Janina. <laughs> I, yeah, I was excited. That was my first time out. Yeah, I was. You uh, like Janina just excited. She ain't been out in a while. <laughs> right, but I had like a lot of notice with that too. Like I yeah. so I prepared for a while. Like I had a lot of notice. And yeah, that was my first time out, but that was just going out to eat. This is not necessarily going out to eat. Do you feel like yeah. you be having that mommy guilt? Thing that a have, you don't okay. Me, I had I have had it, but I don't have it because I have my kids a lot. So okay. I don't no, they drop they I have my kids a lot. So I don't I can't girl, I can't wait to go to Puerto Rico next month. I don't think I wouldn't either. You know, I went right before COVID and I'm so happy I did because I wasn't gonna go. I was gonna cancel that trip. Because if you can remember, right before COVID, around January, the mid-January, Puerto Rico was having a lot of earthquakes. And I mm. called my who I went with. We just was going because a friend of mine found a really cheap ticket to Puerto Rico, and she just booked it. She was like, I just booked this real quick trip. I was like, well, you want company? Because I'm down, too. And she was like, yeah. So I wasn't going to go until that night when she called me. I, I was about to cancel and she called me like, That's crazy. Come. and I just came. We left like at midnight. Our, our flight was all early in the morning, but we had a great time. It was wonderful. I ate where did you Where did you go? You went to San Juan? We went to San Juan. Yes, we did. And okay. um, it was funny because I booked the Airbnb, but it was in like... Last minute, I found out it wasn't exactly where we wanted to be, so we had to cancel that and rebook something else. 
and um, it wound up being good. We actually wound up uh, learning how to catch the bus while we was there because we wasn't that far from the old city, but we wasn't in old city. We were in like one of the neighborhoods that were was close to old city. So um, we walked old there. San Juan. Oh, old San Juan. Old I'm, San Juan. I'm in Philly. <laughs> That's I where I'm supposed to be going tonight. Old city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's still a vibe though. The vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to get away. It's nice. It's beautiful. We had yeah. a great time. And we did this tour. It was like a Afro-Caribbean tour um, of the part of Puerto Rico. Um, I think it's called St. Louis, something like that. It's a part of the island where it hasn't changed much, much since the Africans were dropped off there. So they maintained a lot of their African heritage where a lot of other parts of the island, um, while they're influenced by African culture is not as heavily influenced as this particular part. Yeah, they were. Oh, you gotta send me that information, girl. You holding out. We did this tour. It was great. It was a wonderful experience. Um, we. The tour included like going to different Afro Latinas, um, the the artist homes. Well, it's not a home; it's like a studio, you know. But they were living there. But it was a whole bunch of art everywhere, and it was like so awesome. It was cool, and you could purchase stuff. And um, we we did a street art. We actually did our own street art tour. We just like toured around because mm. you know a lot of cool street art in Puerto Rico. Um, right. And then that's the whole thing with COVID. Like I'm sure a lot of other tours, some tourist stuff may not even be open or who knows the way COVID may have affected it. Like a festival. I ain't never seen a like that festival. Oh, wow. Like we met a lot of people. Yep. So it was it was fun. It was really fun. But y'all are probably going to do a little more of a resort type vacation. Yeah, we are staying at a resort. We are going to go to um, this park that has ATVs that you can go through the rainforest. And like the same park, they have like horseback riding you can do. They have go-karts. And they, I mean, it's like, and they have like a bar and grill. So it's like, amusement park type of thing where we can do everything we needed to do at one location oh you know what else we did the Bacardi tour Almost that's what there. we wanted that's what I want to do but <laughs> how did, did you book it in advance no we booked it once we got there yeah hmm. we just I mean because we we actually rented a car so we just um, kind of drove wherever we drove there and we like bought the tickets right there hmm okay yeah that's what we want to do but it just looked weird on the website how do you how you book it yeah we'll figure it out when we get there if y'all, if y'all don't rent a car do a tour for the day and and um well one of my friends who um is going she has she had just went and so she has like a number of this guy that got got them around the city, got them around. So okay, so it's even easier. So you ain't got to worry. Um, but we we basically use MapQuest and 
drove around. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't have any anticipation of like being that free, like being out that much because yeah. the the um resort that we're staying at it has like a casino and a swim up a swim up bar all that so yeah so y'all doing like ours wasn't like a luxury uh vacation it was more of a i guess exploration vacation right. which is yeah which is fun too yeah yeah so it is a difference one thing i do like about the resort vacations is i come back more refreshed that's my objective yeah, I feel like when I do the exploration, I have a mm-hmm. lot of fun, but I'd be exhausted when I come right. back. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my objective. My objective is positive vibes only. We're here to relax. You know, they have like, even I found out that the resort, they have like yoga every day. You just have to sign up for it. They have like a spa in there. So it's more just a relaxation with you know, a couple of outings or whatever, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm a, listen, I'm down with their positive vibes only. I've been doing that. And um, it's so funny, like last year I turned 40 and I feel like before 40, I didn't understand what boundaries were. Like, <laughs> so I would be a little offended when um, I'm pretty laid back overall, but when I felt like somebody was putting up a boundary that I felt like, oh, you putting it that, up that boundary for me, but you don't have a boundary when it comes to me. And I'm like, that's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility to establish your own boundaries. Huh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? With the uh, positive vibes. And so I'm learning, like I'm, I'm still processing and learning about that because sometimes I feel guilty when it's somebody I'm close to or I feel committed to like kind of putting up a boundary because they're draining my energy you know right self-preservation is like number one and that's key and sometimes we forget that exactly <laughs> so lately yes that's okay. good growth yes i finally found a therapist that i absolutely love i'm just Did you? so Yes, I'm so oh my hyped. God, that's amazing. Because I've been searching for a therapist actually since 2013. And yeah. I've had different therapists, but none of them quite clicked. So I, I was still searching. So yeah. I feel like, please don't let no, nothing happen to this, this man. Because oh, it's a man? Okay. You know, yeah, and the funny thing is we have a similar background, but he's older. Um. Like we come from the same neighborhood. Interesting. You know, similar experience. Yeah. But I feel like he's like a really good therapist. Like it's been hard. It's been difficult. Not That's to say that everybody else was bad, but I feel like with therapists, you got to click with your therapist. You do. Yeah, you do. But that's a win for you. That's awesome that you, yeah. you know what I mean? that that makes sense because i mean i had you've been focused i see you (laughs) so let's jump into our segment oh i like that join okay okay honestly i really didn't have a lot of new things happening in the last week or so um i haven't even been listening to any new music 
or any new podcast since last week. Um, I just have uh, this Kel Solid mix from Amazon Fresh. That's good, <laughs> and it comes with um, <laughs> it comes with the like what are they called? Dry cranberries and seeds. Uh, yeah, like the craisins and all that. Yeah, so I mean that's good. I with grilled salmon is so good, it's good. and it's it's healthy. I'm trying to get my life together. Yeah, I like to do that. Too. Like I like to um, get creative with my salads. Actually, I'll be putting combinations together. People are like this is actually good. I wouldn't have thought to do yes. that. Yes, yeah, but that I- sweet and savory is like yes. you never would thought. Like. Before, when I used to really be on my diet mess, like really on my grind, I used to put like pears and apples in my salad. So mm-hmm. good. Yes, it's good. I like um, I this one where I do pineapples, like pineapple chunks and um, and pecans. And mm-hmm. that's a good combination too, which you would never yeah. think. No, see, that's the thing. Like, I now know about that sweet and savory. Um, I think the first time I had it, I went to the melon pot, and they have one. It's like a apple walnut salad or something. It's like these candy walnuts or something, and it was really good. But yeah, so do you have a? Oh, I like that joint this week. Oh yes. Well, this well is a couple things. This is not a new podcast, but since I'm not going here a lot. I want to shout out this podcast. I love this podcast. It's called Social Proof. And David Shands is the um, host. And he's an amazing host. I really say the name of the podcast again. It's called Social Proof. Hmm. Um, and it's out of he's out of Atlanta. Um, and he tells his story how he used to work at the Cheesecake Factory. And he he realized that like it was one birthday, he realized. His life was exactly the same as it was the previous year. So he decided that he wanted to transition out of his job into full-time entrepreneurship. So what he did was he started this t-shirt line. And the t-shirt line is called um, Sleepers for Seconds. It's all about entrepreneurship. Um, And it's inspiration for people who want to transition out their nine to five into full-time entrepreneurship. So his t-shirts are hot. You know, his whole brand is pretty high. I love the podcast. I'm constantly listening. He has so many episodes, I can't even catch up. Because he, I just went, yeah, I just went on here and followed him. So I'm going to listen to it. But that whole sleep when you did stuff, I don't subscribe to that because I think sleep is like part of wellness. I don't subscribe to the actual. I think more so men say that. I, I feel like more men say that. Well, they need less sleep because their body doesn't have to do as many things as ours. So we don't have to compete with them. Oh, no. okay. So yeah, maybe maybe that's why they feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I know that like in order to function efficiently, that it is important to get a good amount of sleep. So, yeah. And sp- I mean, especially as you get older. Yeah, for men and women is important actually, but I feel like men probably need less than we do. Um, especially because if, if we're still in a period of our life that we're having a menstrual cycle, that like drains a lot of our energy. So we definitely yes. have to, 
Yeah, we definitely have to be on top of our sleep and our um, sleep hygiene um, and all of that goodness. But I think sleep yeah. is a part of mental health wellness. It definitely is, though. Like, scientifically, it is, you know. Um, and what did Amazon have you buy this week? Amazon... I bought this book and it's interesting because I've told, told you about my new um, therapist and I'm probably the only person who does this. So he read this excerpt out of a book, right? Because um, we were talking about how I could be really critical of myself. I could be hard on myself. And so he read this excerpt and I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. What book is that? <laughs> And so when he showed it to me, I was like, I gotta get this book. So the book is, it's called Self-Esteem. It's the fourth edition and it's by Matthew McKay and Patrick Fanny. And it's actually a book for therapists, but it's written almost from both sides um, of you for, for a therapist to manage their clients and also for a person who wanna manage their own self-esteem and um, a lot of times when we have these critical ways that we have towards ourselves and our self-talk is off and all of that stuff is because we are telling ourselves a story and the story we have to ask ourselves like is that really accurate because a lot of times it's not you know and I want to read this excerpt I don't know if we have do we have enough time Anthony what? Girl, this ain't going to be your first or last time on the darn podcast. Okay. All right. So we won't do it. Okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But we didn't even go to our topic. We already did. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> she trying to read an excerpt, y'all. Like, girl. <laughs> I didn't even do I didn't even do all right okay I'm glad you said it so this is what we'll do so I, because I didn't open up like I was supposed to because this is Shalia's part and I always mess up I was supposed to do words of affirmation <laughs> I was supposed to do words of affirmation how long is this excerpt you can use that as your words of affirmation how long is it how many um, sentences it's not that long it's like a minute in that how many sentences how many sentences? Um, it's a paragraph. It's like this big. No. Okay, let me do my words of affirmation because I missed that part. <laughs> so uh, the words of affirmation. I know this is a mess. I was supposed to do this in the beginning. I am kind and loving. I am compassionate and truly care for others. That's the words of affirmation for this week. Um, sorry, Shalia. I know. I, I was supposed to do it in the beginning, but <laughs> so my prom time is um I just I bought some weight loss shakes. I'm trying to lose this weight for my trip. Um this is probably I'll say this is the hardest I've had in regards to getting in the mind space of losing weight because I'm I'm a yo-yo dieter. I always I lose weight all the time, but this particular time. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, but it's been hard for me to stay 
motivated. But now I only have a month left. So I wore some weight loss shakes. Emotional. So it might be an emotional root to that thing. And we both have had a lot, you know, going on. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just awkward. I don't know. (laughs) It's really awkward. But, um, you know, it usually is like, you know, you plan a seed, you say, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you start planning to do that. And then you at least get that push that you need in order to actually move into that action. I just feel like the push that I'm getting is just a nudge. I need like a shove. So, um, you gotta be kind to yourself because literally you're a mom working from home and you also have this podcast and you're also married. Yeah, I know, but it's just, I mean, I have everything that I need here in order to like etch out even 45 minutes a day for that. It's just a matter of me actually like doing it. Um, You know, I have all, I have any equipment. I did buy me a kettlebell. I'm waiting for that to come, but I have everything else that I need here in order to at least get my fitness in. I just have to do it. I did get on the treadmill the other day, but um. And I had my shake today. I had a salad for lunch. So um, I'm going to, I'm like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm etching closer to what I need to do. Yeah, and that's the forest issue cool. So um, I, I, I think once I get into more of a routine, uh, um, and plus, like I said, I only have this month left, so I have to get it together. But um birthday around the corner and I wanted to lose something but it's over with now I gotta work on for next year okay wait when's your birthday August 2nd I didn't realize your birthday <laughs> I didn't realize your birthday was that close OMG yes. August 2nd is my that birthday. is so this is bananas like we had Raheem on last week his birthday is July 31st I know so many people's birthday. That's Jamila's birthday too. Is it? So his yeah. birthday, it's his birthday and his son's birthday, July 31st. Oh wow. Yes. So we'll be so we'll be in Maryland for their birthday. I mean for for um they're having a party for their son. And I have his son turns two. This will be my first time meeting him in person. Does he live in Maryland? He lives in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got, I feel like we did touch on the sis, we cool. Sis, are you cool? I mean, we're working on it. We're both working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. We are, we are. I'm so happy you found a, a therapist that you like. Oh my God, I love this guy. Hopefully How? nothing happens to him. I know, right? <laughs> How often do you meet with him? Um, even though I can't afford it once a week, because <laughs> I'm making a way. Oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't once have a sliding scale? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, he did give me a discount, but I still got to pay $100 each session, okay? That doesn't even That's include... Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money, but... So would I'm, it be cheaper I'm, to just pay for insurance? It would, but, um... I just didn't have luck finding somebody that I clicked well with 
That's like he doesn't accept insurance? Uh-uh. No. The good oh. oh, he's no. really good. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he, oh, he's really good. He don't accept insurance? Oh, he's really good. <laughs> and $100 is the discount. That's why I was like, I'm worth $400 a month, okay? And this is nothing for me because I'm choosing to, like, listen, this is, I am abundant. Money comes to me easily. It just flows right in my hands. Ooh. So, Ooh. Yeah. You got, that's the affirmation for you, baby. You got to affirm. Oh. Oh. That's an investment. Yeah, it's coming right on back. Because when you got a healthy mind, you can you can make some money. That's nothing. There's plenty of money. It's I know. More money. I went to school to be a therapist. So okay, let me do the um the horoscope before we get into our um topic. Okay. So I'm gonna do Sagittarius. You know a lot of Sagittarius. I do. I do. Um, my sister that's closest to me in age is a Sagittarius. And I have some close girlfriends who are Sagittarius. Yes. My mom is a Sagittarius. Um, I love that we, we sometimes we be ready to beat each other up. We love each other deep and then we be fighting deep too. <laughs> we, we fight hard, love hard. That's how we are. Mm-mm. That fire and fire. Girl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I know a lot, but yeah, I do. I'm lying. I do know. So this is for the Sagittarius. So this is love or school. It says, go wide. For most of this month, both Venus and Mars are in Leo in your worldly ninth house, stoking your love of freedom, adventure, and travel. The ninth house is your sign's natural home base. So you'll feel more in your element. Couples can take a long overdue vacation together. You might also be inspired to learn a new skill, start a business, or explore metaphysics and personal growth together. Single, a a diversified dating portfolio is a Sagittarian must, I'm sorry. So if you've been stuck on the tight for a while, this cycle can widen your horizons. You could fall for someone from a different background or who lives a few time zones away. Since the ninth house rules higher learning, you might meet someone through a workshop or at an event, especially one where the subject matter centers around expanding your human potential. That's interesting, but I don't, hmm, yeah. All right, so Sagittarius career. Um, your big picture sign doesn't like to get bogged down on details, but while sun visits cancer and your investigative eighth house until July 22nd. This is like, oh, I guess. you're invited. <clears throat> you're invited to take a deeper plunge. Pay attention to the little things you're often too busy to notice rather than starting a million new projects. The divine is in the small things. The July 9 cancer New moon could bring an opportunity to invest, explore a real estate deal, or afford a joint venture. Your combined superpowers could unleash a major win-win in the coming six months. Got a message to share or an idea for a book, podcast, or media project? 
the Aquarius full moon beams into your communication sector, putting your clever concepts in the spotlight. Whether it's audio, video, or written, find a way to share your novel perspective with the world. Um, a rare second full moon will arrive in Aquarius, giving you a double dose of charisma and captivating presence. With this lunar lift hitting your local affairs sector, your own community or friend circle could be the first to start spreading the news. That's good for Sagittarius. So um, our topic our topic this week with my girl Tiffany is going to be about street violence. So we live in Philadelphia and right now Philadelphia is going through like a crime crisis. Um, <laughs> the gun violence is at an all-time high. Out of control. Yeah. Um, there was recently a really bad <laughs> shooting um, in Tiffany's neighborhood. She can tell you guys about it. Yeah, it wasn't just in my neighborhood. It was literally on my block. And um, my neighbor was killed. And he was my next door neighbor for three years. He literally just moved across the street above his store. Um, last year, 2020, he moved there. Um, he, he'd been at the store for years now, but um, he had did an up update to his store. He was doing really well and he was celebrating um, his store or the 4th of July and and um, they caught it on camera. Four guys came up and, and shot it, shot him. I was actually home when it happened, but, and I was a little confused because initially I'm like, that sounds like gunshots, but they were, um, it was fireworks and firecrackers going off at the same time. And I'm like, why would they create firecrackers that sound that much like gunshots? But it wasn't like regular gunshots. It was like, you know how you're watching a movie and it's like a war movie and it, it, you hear like, it's a different type of gunshot. It's like a um, machine gun type of gunshot. Right. That's what it's right. like. So I think nobody was out there with machine guns or- Right, because the bullets, the bullets are so close together. Like the, sh yeah. the shooting is so consecutive. So did you hear people? Like, did you hear the scuffle of people running? I did, but I'm I'm like, maybe somebody shoot. Then I start thinking like, were they shooting in the air? Cause it, it almost sounded like they was partying. Cause it wasn't like a scream like, ah! It was more like, Ugh! like people trying to get away. And I'm like, oh, they having fun out there. And then wow. I heard the police come and I said, oh damn, is it? No. There's something else going on. And so first I saw one police car. Then I saw like 10 at the same time. I was like, let me get myself together to see what's going on. Get downstairs and I noticed blood all in front of his door. So I text him. I'm like, oh my God, they were shooting out in front of your door. Are you okay? And found out the next morning when I woke up, I woke up like 5.30 in the morning, it was um, still detectives all over the place. So so your building is next to his shop? No, he, he used 
to live next door to where my building is. But oh. his son was always across the street. So it was blood, blood outside across the street. Yes, across the street. Hmm. Um, and that is diagonally across the street from me. It's maybe like, it's not directly across, maybe three to four doors from directly across the street from me is where his store is. And he just moved above his store in 2020 from above um, next door to me, next door to where I live. So he was such a cool dude that I just, I knew what the no gunshots happening at his party. He was a nice dude. Like, you know, it, it was sad, you know, it, it took all of us aback. Like, it kind of took my breath away. I could not stop thinking about it. Um, his funeral was this past weekend. And after the funeral, I, I guess I felt a little more at rest, but literally I would think about him every single day. Um, because for me, his death represented like, he was such a good guy. He had a whole bunch of potential. He was a leader, you know, he was a, a entrepreneur, um, just had his head on right, was only 23 and he just impressed me and he impressed my family. So it was kind of hard for me to um, swallow his death. And, you know, try to figure out if this happened to him, how many others <laughs> that are just like him is that happening to him? Right. I don't, yeah. <clears throat> and you know, living in this city our whole life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I lived in this city for 40 years, let's say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we lived here during the Craig era. Mm -hmm. we were raised on a crack era so mm -hmm. it isn't as though okay we live in this city just during like a golden era and then like now we're like older people like oh no like you know this yeah. is out of control yeah. innocent people just sitting on their porch just going to the store just doing random things are being murdered and yeah. it's like growing up where I lived in in West Philly we had I had drug dealers on both ends of my street mm -hmm. but I'm not going to say there wasn't any shootings there was shootings people yeah. people were murdered at that time most of the yeah. people who were murdered were drug dealers <clears throat> exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> most of the people when there was shootings there there wasn't children within feet. I mean, we heard, I, I will say, I do have memories of like, okay, we heard gunshots. You just run in your neighbor's house, wherever you at, you just run in whoever house you're near, which is still horrible. You know what I mean? It's still horrible, but it's not like you're at a barbecue and somebody just walks up with AKs and shooting in a, <laughs> like that sounds like New Jack City or something. Yeah, it was crazy. It almost seems like, I don't know if it's a game, if there's like initiation type stuff going on, but that's what it feels like. Um, he personally, or he yeah. 
maybe he offended somebody who was really dangerous. I don't know, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem normal. Like, you know. It definitely was a targeted attack. It wasn't as though like, okay, they were having a, a disagreement and it escalated and the person um, pulled out a gun. That is a little more understanding. Like you can digest that a little more because you're like, well, in that moment, that person allowed rage to overtake their decisions. But when you see the footage and you see that people are getting out of a car, there are, it was it three or four of them. They're walking around the corner with these machine guns they're not even close to the people when they're shooting they're not and i feel like they had to be targeting somebody because like why else would you have lasers on your guns exactly whether it was where are these where are these laser guns coming from like who is that's my thing who is funneling all of these high-tech guns into our communities and then when you read stuff, people don't know. And I'm just not buying that they don't know where all these guns are coming from. No, just they like know. coming from during the 80s. Like, come on, right. you know where all They know. And it isn't they people know. of color that's bringing them, that's selling them to the, the Black people in our community. Exactly. Believe what you want to believe. Because there is, there is, there's cases that's happening that we don't know about, Right. There's RICO cases and all this stuff that's going on that you won't really know about. I know it took for, like, me and Shalia was talking about it before, and, like, we found these cases where um, it was, like, an Asian person, a white person. It was, like, one Black guy. They all were, like, arrested for, like, buying these guns at a gun, at a gun show. And so that's why they're talking about these ghost guns because they're buying these guns and then they're like taking them apart and then putting different pieces together or whatever. But that's the whole thing. The whole thing is that a lot of times the money is the guns. The guns is a lot of money. And then it's like, when you find money, you usually find other affiliations. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a lot of politics behind it. It it's just deeper than what we would see as little people. You know what I mean? And I think it, it comes from, it's coming from above. Like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not just some no low level people doing this. So. No. And I don't, Nobody. that's the thing, like, just living in this city our whole lives, right? Now, if you and me was like, you know what? We want to buy a house on 52nd and Lolo. Right? You'd be like, yeah, I mean, a house on 52nd and Lolo should be no more than like 75, 80,000, right? <laughs> Not no more. You mean, wouldn't you think that? Wouldn't you think that if it's in the hood or people are getting murdered? Wouldn't you think that? Wouldn't you think that these houses should be cheap? People should be moving out. These houses should be cheap, not a half a million dollars. I just don't, I don't understand. I feel like it has to have something to do with each other. I just never, I never seen where crime is high and then real estate is high. Well, I mean, all in Philly that happened because I mean. So it's happening now in Philly, but it didn't happen in the nineties in Philly. No, I mean, we wasn't 
But that, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, 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 is that a coincidence? Is that a coincidence that so many people, black people, are getting murdered at the same time where all these houses are going for half a million, uh, half a million dollars? I don't know. I don't right. Know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't but know. I know. I used to manage um, like Richard Island projects, and it was happening there, and I knew I couldn't afford the houses around there. I wouldn't. I'm like, I wouldn't want to live around here, but... But was people getting murdered a lot in Richard Island during the same time? They were shooting all the time. It was between Richard Island and Spring Garden. They would shoot. And what I don't understand about that, and it's probably because I'm... I've never understood it, even when I was a young girl. Y'all from the same neighborhood. Y'all both... (laughs) Y'all black people from North Philly, okay? The same part of North Philly. Y'all from right around the corner. And that's why y'all fighting each other because y'all actually live in a different project. Well, I mean, that's tribalism. That's been happening forever. But it's because people believe a, a myth. You know what I mean? Like people believe a myth that because we have something different, something that's different, then we don't have anything in common. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just a myth. Y'all have everything in common because y'all basically right. have the exact same circumstances. Exactly. That's what happened to Black Americans when we were sold to the Europeans into slavery. We, we, like, we haven't learned yet. We're still doing the same thing we were doing back then. Like, it's crazy. But I guess it's human yeah. nature in some ways. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's the flaw. I think that's one of our flaws of people of African descent because even in Rwanda, you know, the, the African tribes were fighting so I mean, not saying like a lot of tribes fight over land, you know, but I mean to just fight because someone is taller or shorter. I mean, it's just uh-huh. y'all look a little different. I, yeah, I just think that a lot of people two blocks away. Psychology is easy to believe when you know it. If you believe this notion, then that means it's putting you on top. So it's like, if you believe, if you believe that your people is the real people or the people that's running things, then you're easier to accept that notion than to accept that we are all the same, because then that doesn't give you a leg up. Okay. All right. So I guess, I mean. But if we, if we all knew the truth is that we are all the same. And if we all moved and operated as though we were all the same and it's not about. Yeah, it's not about one person or one group being better or getting more. We all can get the same thing. Like people, it's, I guess it's ego. Yeah, I mean, even when you multiply it, because the same thing when I was growing up, 46th Street versus 49th Street, and I'm sure all throughout the city, it was the same way. Right. You know, I, right. I remember 46th Street guys, like coming up to the 49th Street guys and just punching them in their face and like knocking them out right. or vice versa. Like, you know, right. it just didn't make any sense. And so I'm thinking like, okay, so I don't know. Maybe if, if you don't move outside of West Philly, you do feel like there's a difference because you don't, you're not exposed to 
even other parts of the city. Yeah, I just think that, you know, a lot of people are just being sold on a false dream. Like, okay, well, if, you know, this person is out to get you, so you got to get rid of this person. That's the only way for you to get ahead is to get rid of this individual person because this person is the problem. I've seen it happen where, like, I remember when I was working in North Philly at Raymond Rosen, and it was this guy who wasn't a drug dealer. He wasn't involved in any of that. He was a family man. So his son was riding his bike and one of the young drug dudes took his son's bike. So he came to get his son's bike. And what wound up happening is they called themselves jumping them. He fucked all them dudes up. We was looking at it from the office like, damn, he fucked them up. So he still didn't get his son's bike because one of the dudes rode off on it while he was fighting because he was fighting multiple people. He came, he made the mistake of coming back around. I don't know if they thought he was strapped or what, which he wasn't. And they just shot him up. We heard like 10 gunshots. Wow. Come outside here in front of my office. He was still alive, you know, initially, but he was just like, he had so many bullets and um, it was just crazy. All over and bike. And let me tell you, um, six months later, I'm um, intaking a young lady who um, she has three kids and she has to reschedule her appointment. So when she comes to the reschedule appointment, she was like, I'm so sorry I had to reschedule, but she just started crying. And she's like, my grandma died. That's why I had to reschedule. And six months ago, my baby father, he was killed because of my son's bike. And I was like, oh my God. That was, yeah. it was a shame because she wound up accepting the apartment and the development, even though her, you know, her, um, her children's father was killed there because she had no choice. She was like working at like, what is that? Like a fast food, one of the fast food places. So she wasn't making a lot. And her rent was like $700. And just say she was bringing home like $800 with three kids. Right. So she had to accept it. So I was just like, I, I never stopped thinking about that situation. And a lot of times right. when I hear about it, it don't affect me as much because it's not like just everyday people going about their lives. It's usually people in a game. You know, who I, I might love the person, but I know that's that's the price you pay for being in again. You know, a part of it. Right. Like people I'm but like if people understood, people, if people understood the impact of their actions, their split second decision to in this person's life, like you're affecting generations. So not only is the person who was murdered, children are affected, their grandchildren will be affected and so on. If you get incarcerated now, your your bloodline could easily be done if you don't have any children. Or if you do have children now, your children have to live with their incarcerated parent all out of what? This is our community are made up of little stories like this all around, all throughout, you know, our community. Yeah. Yeah. And in all, to me, a lot of it boils down to men not being taught how to process emotions, how to 
resolve conflict, you know, how to not resort immediately to gun violence. Hmm. Like, that's a deep point. You know, I think that's, that's like we all need to learn that. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, I just I'm just a real big believer of processing emotions and just as I get older and as I look at things, I just see, you know, like I spoke on the podcast before, like a lot of times with um, men and boys, a lot of times it's like the difference is that as a young boy, you you don't have the guard up of like, no, I, I got to be stoic. I can't be affected. So like people say what they want, but little boys are super emotional so it's like when you see a little boy and he cries or he's scared or he's like you know resentful or angry you know it's like they have a bunch of these emotions that a lot of times young men are not equipped with actually like how to process them you know not to just lash out not to immediately go to rage and a lot of times it's like in that moment it may have made you feel better but now you got to live with the consequences of those actions mm. just like back in the day i feel like back in the day when we were younger like if we from the hood we are from the hood so back in the day when we were younger people would be like well look, fight a fair one and then just sit you know what i mean like they don't do that no more <laughs> yeah, fight and no, that's what it is. If you get your ass whooped, you just get your ass whooped. So people you just gotta take that out. <laughs> and until next time you whoop somebody's ass, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just wasn't that big of a deal. People knew how to deal right. with it. Like, damn, I lost that one, but bitch, next time I'm a, you know, oh man, I'm cursing. I don't think I'm supposed to curse, but. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying you know how it is like oh okay next time i got you yeah and, and, I, and I, do you have heart versus like whether you want or not like you know because i've seen people just say as a guy and we know he boxed that's what he do he's a boxer and i've seen this Hampton. But he's fighting a guy who's not a boxer. If the, the guy don't punk out, you know, then he still got his respect because he like, listen, I'll fight you even if I get my ass whipped. You know, the whole thing is- That wouldn't happen now. Yeah, that wouldn't happen now. They would just, they would make sure that they carry a gun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can't nobody take a butt whooping. Or just people utilize their words more efficiently. I mean, a lot of times disagreements are based off with men. A lot of times it's just based off them feeling like they're disrespected. You know? Right. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I don't think there's a huge array of reasons why men have issues with each other. Most of the time, it's just either over a woman, over money. That's it. I, I can't think of anything else. Somebody, yeah, or somebody feeling like, you know, someone disrespected them, but usually either one or two things, money or women. So did they ever get the guys that um, murdered your uh, neighbor? 
thing I have. Nobody has heard anything about that. I don't even think people know who did it. Everybody's still shocked that he could win. He just like, what? Um, it's really, it, it was sad. And it was like, <sighs> that thing was crazy. And then like on July 4th, that whole weekend, it was like across the country, just over the weekend, it was like a hundred and something deaths. Um, yeah. Just for the, those two days over the weekend. Uh, I wanna say 120 deaths, oh my God. 120 murders? Just on that yeah, weekend? Was, I didn't think it was that many. Yeah, hold on, let me see. I knew it was a lot, though. I mean, not in Philly, but this is across across the nation. Oh, across the oh, okay. I thought she was saying Philadelphia. Okay. No, it was twenty something though. It was a lot still. Yeah, it was. I don't know what. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let me oh see yeah, see, and then, and then what they said was that night, <laughs> that night on your street, it was up to a hundred shots. They said it was fired. Yeah. Let me see. Fourth of July weekend saw the highest number of mass shootings than any other weekend in 2021. At least 150 people across the U.S. were killed by gun violence in more than 400 shootings over the 4th of July weekend, according to data collected by the Gun Violence Archive, an uptick that puts 2021 on track to continue and exceed the violence surge that made 2020 the deadliest year of gun violence in decades. And this is from Yeah. Okay, so CNN, that's why I just looked it up. It said at least 233 people were killed and 618 people were injured by gun violence in more than 500 shootings across the country during the 4th of July weekend. Oh my God. But it says a 26% drop from last year's holiday. So 4th of July is just like a day where people get murdered. Like that's crazy. stay in on the 4th of July because you know, exactly. I was able I got in around 9.30 that night, but only because I was exhausted. I had my brother and we were out since like 9.30 that morning. We had went shopping, went to breakfast. You know, I drove him an hour away back home. You know, then we wound up going to a cookout and I was exhausted. So on my way back home, my sister was like, let's go back and um, go see the fireworks. I was like, girl, if you don't drop me off, I'm tired. <laughs> so dropped me to my car and I, I got in the house around 9.30. The shooting didn't happen until 10.30. But I was, and they weren't letting people in their house. If you were, if you came in after the shooting, you weren't getting let in. What? So they wouldn't let you, um, people in their house, houses. So I was just lucky to have came home when I did, you know, because you just never know. Just never know. But two, when I suspected there was gun shooting, and I learned this when I was at Raymond Rosen, get your ass on the floor. Even if you don't, you, will, you don't realize it's a gun. It sounds like a gun, get on the floor. Right. 
Yeah. So, yeah. It's crazy. Shoot like that out there? Yeah. I used to shoot a lot out there. Oh my God. During the daylight, don't broad daylight. Literally, one of my clients, she got shot watching TV in her living room. When you at home, you think you good, right? Nope. Not if you don't got bulletproof windows. She had, um, she got shot in the arm though. Thank God she wasn't, you know. And she had kids. Just imagine how scary that is. Very scary. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. Like I don't even feel comfortable like going to big events in Philadelphia where I feel vulnerable. Like if you're like in an open space with a whole bunch of people, I would just feel very vulnerable, especially yeah. after seeing how they shot up. It's just, it's unfortunate. Like, cause you would think if there's yeah. a crowd there, people ain't gonna just come by and shoot. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's the complete opposite. I don't know. And that, that wasn't the first shooting like, like, like that where they shot into crowds. It's like, what? Why are y'all shooting into crowds? That's so crazy to me. I don't know. You about to kill my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I just pray for the city. I really hope that they get to the bottom of where all these guns are coming from, all these guns are coming into. And then this is another thing that I was kind of like on the fence about when um, this is the DA Krasner, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, when he was running, when he was running for re-election. And I was finding out that a lot of these gun charges that people were getting, they were being dropped. So it was, I know there was a murder where the suspect had previously been charged with a a gun charge, but it was dropped and he was basically back out on the streets. Oh, wow. They, they're saying that they're they, they were saying that they were dropping the gun charges because they didn't have a lot of evidence or something. But I'm like, I know people that's been in jail that's sitting waiting for a, you know, waiting for a court date, and they were in they're innocent. Oh, I don't know. It's something behind that. It's something behind that as well, because I just never seen this amount of violence. Like I was telling my husband before, like you know, I, I'm sorry, I got to get out of Philly. And it was like, basically, he was basically saying, well, that's, that's, you know, that's certain people that you got to be careful who you associate yourself with. That's what he was saying. I was like, nah, that's not the case. I'm telling you, innocent people are getting shot. So maybe like a week after. He got shot, an 18 year old coming from McDonald's wound up getting um, shot and killed because he was, he worked at McDonald's. He was walking home. Yeah, and then somebody was like, somebody literally was just shot when it's up the bus like two days ago. Ooh, uh, so so after I said that to my husband, whatever, I was like, no, I'm telling you, you know, he's not here every day because he's on a roll. But I'm like, no, I'm telling you, like it's overwhelming. If you actually watch the news and watch all these stories every day of the shooting, it is very overwhelming. So basically, maybe like the week. I feel like it was only a couple days later. He was at the barbershop. He was at the barbershop on, I think, a Sunday, 11 a.m. Somebody Ooh. got murdered on Lancaster Avenue, shot in the head. 
Oh right. Yes. And he was like, they were in the barber shop and the barber had the door open and they heard the gunshots. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's the dead person in the middle of the street on 40th and Lancaster. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> anything can happen. You they shooting to kill people. And then every time they do it, it's always a getaway car. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> it's just so, oh, it's so much. So this was from, oh, I can't tell exactly. It was from 20, I want to say 2016. These figures have all of these. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. This the, these figures are kind of old, but this was uh, back in 2013. Um, numbers from this. This is an article that I got. Let me see. Where is this article from? Brookings.edu. Okay. So, guess how many people died? in a war in Afghanistan from 2001 when we started to present. American soldiers or? Yeah, Americans. All American soldiers. 25,000. 2,312. Oh, not even close, 2,300. So we we spending all this money on this damn war in 2312. That's how many people died as a result of gun violence in 2019. Oh my God. Um 10,000. Oh my God. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's one, but that's what I'm saying. That the um, what's that? The the gun but rifle suicides. Okay, so let's if we subtract the suicides, we'll get fifteen thousand. Oh, okay, uh, so that's a little person. Yeah, about fifteen thousand two hundred. I mean, I don't even know. I don't. Even, I don't even know. If we should be subtracting the suicides, honestly, because. Um, that's the issue as well. Um, is not as likely in terms of the African American community where, you know, that's only about 14% of our, our killings, 85% are homicide. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And even though we're only 12% of the population, be up there in a amount of um, deaths, black right. men. Yeah, because there. because crime because crime and poverty goes hand in hand. Black American males. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's really crazy. It is crazy, but it's it's just a bigger system. Like it's just a system bigger than us. That to me is like purposely you know it's like so many resources that are lacking within a within a community that i think could change the mindsets i think they we keep on doing the same thing 
and expecting different results. And a big part of it is, um, I don't know why our school system is so just ineffective. Like it just doesn't work. Um, it doesn't yeah, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that it's intentional. It's the pipeline to prison. So that's a whole oh, other yeah. episode. Yeah, like that's yeah. everything is kind of intentional. You know, they had private prisons that companies profit off of. Oh, it's a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's whole. a it's a whole it's a whole system. But just you know, just as parents, I think if we, I don't know, it's hard. I think it's hard too, because a lot of times our black men are being incarcerated and they are, you know, doing a lot of time where their counterparts are not necessarily getting that time for that same crime. And then it's like young boys are growing up without dads and uh-huh. it's just like a whole system. Without the leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it really the the damage and the trauma that it creates for the community. Um, right. I don't know if we process it, you know, individually and collectively. Right. If jail is see, that's what I'm saying. If prison was considered like not an option, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, this person disrespected me, so I need to prove them right. I don't I don't really understand how an issue is resolved by the person's like life being taken like I don't really see how that helps the situation like if somebody did something to wrong you then you write it by ending their life and then whatever happens to you still happen you know what I mean yeah but now it's worse because you probably have to go to jail or you're going to be on a run or you know what I mean or like the whole community either so like they're they're in danger so they can't speak on what happened because they're scared that at this point you bishop and you won't kill everybody. Yeah. That's sad. Especially right. when you don't nobody know what's going on. Like yeah. I just feel like it's just a complex thing. Yeah. Even if you do know, it's like what you, if you the community don't even respect people who go back and tell. Yeah, when you do right. Know. Right, because the system is not, yeah, because the system is not really designed to protect them. Right. So, so like, you know I mean, you putting yourself in this situation and you know they're not going to protect you. Right. So a lot of people just be silent. Yeah. I just, I just wish that we could, I wish that... <laughs> I wish we could find a way, find find out who's bringing all these guns into the darn community. Because like, it's either like everybody has guns or only a certain amount. Because when everybody doesn't have a gun, then the people who have the guns are using them haphazardly. But then it's like either nobody has a gun or everybody has a gun. So when you know everybody has a gun, then you're not going to be more willing to go ahead and just start shooting because you won't get shot back. (laughs) I don't know. And um, a lot of times, like some of the answers that the political responses to these things, I don't think are effective because a lot of times they'll have the community members turning in their guns. 
Now, anybody who turn in, in a gun ain't gonna be shooting nobody unless they turn in, in a you know a hot gun anonymously. You know what I mean? But and that means they probably have several others. <laughs> but there's no way. So you tell me, even if people are turning in those guns, you're running those guns in the system to see whether or not it's a body connected to that bullet or if it matches. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they are eventually. But I'm just saying, people are the people who went turn in some guns, they're not the people who out here shooting people. Correct. Basically. Yeah. Because they're then, yeah. Just as an average person, I think it's a good idea to know how to shoot a gun and have one to protect yourself just in case. Right. Because you never know what people are going to do. Right. Yeah. I'm like on the fence in regards to that part, like for me personally, for me personally, because I'm such a worthy word and I have children, then that's why I worry. If I didn't, if I was a single person, I didn't have children, I probably would definitely have a gun. No, I get why they would be an issue for having kids. Because yeah. a lot of times, that's how kids, kids can accidentally get into the gun without right. you realize. Right. But and then it's I, like, if, if my gun is always locked up, if it's locked up all the time, I don't really see how it's really going to help me that if somebody breaks in and it's like locked up somewhere. But I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about it. I mean, I think that you should use a gun to be able to protect yourself. Like if we didn't live in a city, we live far away from stuff, then that's really what it's for. You know what I mean? The right, right to bear arms. Like if you live far away, in like a remote area and you you know, people can't readily get to you. To protect you i don't know i just wish that more sane people or people who knew how to process their emotions use guns as a last resort not as a first option yeah. I, and i do believe that the average person their gun is about protection it's not about but then it's like is the is is what you're assuming a threat really a threat you get what i'm saying like is your your girlfriend's baby dad really a threat you know like sometimes people over complicate situation where they can just leave the situation alone completely yeah and i think a lot of men have ptsd um, yeah i mean the whole black community does the whole black yeah. community does and we're all dealing with you know we're all dealing with the stress of our ancestors and not being able to, you know, like, you know, like for instance, like our grandparents, they didn't have the liberty of being able to like express their feelings or, um, you know, process disrespect or things that they endured. They just had to keep moving. They just had to keep it moving. Like your neighbor down the street could have just got lynched in front of you because they spoke to someone in a way that that person didn't like. They didn't have the opportunity. Yeah, let's do brief counseling. Let's go to a therapist. No, they didn't have that liberty. They had to take it. Okay, I make sure that I, you know, move accordingly. But could you imagine that like every day your life is on a balance because you may speak to the wrong person the wrong way, look the wrong way. Like that's a lot of anxiety. Yeah. That's why so, a lot of our grandparents came up here from the north. Yeah. Um it's crazy because I know um my grandparents were like that and they never wanted to talk about it. Like when right. they were up here, 
Don't ask them a question about how yes. women were damn. Right. And, but, yeah. but also, I feel like that also is the reason why a lot of the generations, because there wasn't a lot of talks, because people really didn't learn about where they came from and what, you know, why we're here, why we're in this position. Then I think a lot of times, if our young princes knew their full capability, if they understood that selling drugs or whatever, that's not what they have to do. This is actually a system to make our community worse. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like that's the new slavery. You know what I mean? Like if they knew that, yeah, yeah, like if they knew that, but a lot of times it's just generation after generation have their battles that they're fighting. And so in the same breath while we're fighting this battle you're raising children but you're not really providing them with all the intellectual you know material so that they can create a great life for themselves or like shift completely from survival to a thriving community so we're still in survival yes a lot of times i think people some people are starting to transition out of that um but overall I think we're still in, in that mindset of surviving and getting right. Me. Or just like, I got to get them before they get me. I got to get them before they get me. If, <laughs> like, if you just didn't look at this other person as your enemy, then it just would be so much better. Like, if that's not your enemy, that's your brother. Y'all need to work together. And exactly. at the end of the day, it's like we're power, we're more powerful together. But, you know, as long as people keep drinking a Kool Aid and, not believing that like once you once you see and you understand they because they don't want to teach us that but if you once you see and you understand dang we could be great unified because that's the whole you know that's the myth it's like i don't I know, know. it's stressful it is stressful and it's like i was the type who never thought i wanted to move outside of the city because I wanted to stay. Why does everybody leave the hood instead of staying and fighting, right. making it better? Why, why are we like moving into other areas? But after a while, people get tired. It's yeah. like, I don't want to live like this. And you yeah. know, I'm at that point now where I'm like, I, you know, I'll do what I can for the community, but- But it's I like can't. when my safety is threatened, when your safety is threatened, it's like, I- mm -hmm. I have to like stay alive. Like that's my whole point is to try to stay alive. You know, when people are getting murdered right outside my house. That's just a lot. Yeah, and it, it was crazy because I failed a case in, you know, the, maybe a couple days later afterwards, it was, I'm like, what is this? It was like a piece of a bullet. Mm. Yeah, it's sad. Like, yeah, that's crazy. So we're going to close our topic out with um, our lyrics. <laughs> so the lyric that I chose for today is um, Unity by Queen Latifah. <laughs> you like that song? I like that song. <laughs> so I remember, <laughs> I remember watching that um, video on TV. And she was walking down the street and she punched the guy in the face. But uh, <laughs> so the lyrics from you and I see why I chose was 
U-N-I-T-Y. You got to let them know. U-N-I-T-Y. That's the unity. U-N-I-T-Y. You got to let them know. Love a black man from infinity to infinity. I really didn't know that's what she was saying. But on one of on one of the chorus, she says, love a black woman. And then one of the chorus, she says, love a black man. So mm-hmm. I think we got to love and appreciate each other better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think that if as small people, like young people, we were taught the true history of our people, then I think we would have a different perspective of of ourselves as individuals, just as people of descendants of slaves in this country. And if that was perceived, if that was put on a pedestal, it's like, wow, look how powerful you are by still being here after conquering and enduring all of this abuse. And the new Jim Crow, when I after I read that, they gave me like a really good feel of just everything. I mean, I heard all of these things separately, but she really just kind of connected it and brought it together, showing us how everything like we might have a couple of years of relief before there was an entire system put in place. Yeah. That was exactly where we were. And um, her starting from, she basically started from um, Reconstruction all the way up until now. Yeah, Reconstruction is like... Talk to her about this stuff before she did the research. Mm -mm. It's so much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much. It's so so much information. But one of my um, books that I that I want to get done this before the end of the summer, I have actually not started reading it. It's Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Have you read that yet? I haven't read that. I'm I have her other book that I'm supposed to be reading that I haven't really been reading though. Um, it's the book she wrote before Cast. Uh, it was another book we were supposed to read, but it was long. It's in my bathroom. I'm such a horrible person. Let me see. No, you're not. That's the, that self-talk is all wrong. <laughs> I know, right, right, right. I need to stop. But um, physical. Um, but the book is basically about the great migration. Um the warmth of other suns. Yeah. So the warmth of other suns. I'm I've been reading that. Um, I've stopped, but yeah. So that was my intention was to read that book first because she does, um, she has a bunch of stories. Like she talks to a bunch of people in regards to um, their experience of like before they moved up north. And then, you know, we're saying a lot of people left their land and everything. They just left stuff down south. They like, yeah. I can't do yeah. this no more. I mean, if people was getting lynched, listen, honey. We got to get the hell out of here. Right. But a lot of it was another myth, though, because a lot of times people were told or with the anticipation of like a better life and then they sold everything and then they came up north and it really was not that better. But exactly. it was like they were stuck. <laughs> what can you do at that point? These inner city ghettos that we were transitioning into. Yeah. Where at least down we had we owned our property, but we weren't safe. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of factories, 
um, may have like preyed on black workers, told them that they were going to offer them certain things. And then when it got there, it wasn't what they said. Anyway. Why did I find a picture of my grandmother? Okay. Um, for when she worked in the factory. She's actually inside the factory. I think I might have it on my phone because we were going through old photos. And my grandma was born in 1919. Mm -hmm. um, and so when she got up here to Philly, um, her and my grandfather worked at a factory. Oh, okay. But the thing is, my grandma was like the only black person. Let me see. Let me. And, um, only black person. Let me see. I'm trying to find it. I think this might have been before they, um, you know, white flight and all that shit started happening. Yeah. But anyway, I'll I'll show you the picture. I don't have to show you why we we here, but. When I well, do you have a do you have a lyric for the for to close out the um, podcast? No, I don't. <laughs> oh, you don't have no lyrics. <laughs> one, I missed it. I would have completely killed that one because I do love a good lyric. Um, but no, okay, you'll have one for the next one. The next time. Yeah, so I'll remember that. Oh, here it is. I'm lying. No, she wasn't the only one. There was a few. There was one, two, three. It was about 10. Yeah, it was a lot of. Was, oh, you can't see it. Oh, Lord. But that's good being, being in a factory because most Black women at that time, they were um, just maids. Yeah, she, she was in a factory, but. I mean, they. You know, they on, they still eventually still in their city. Well, the same thing that happened to their neighbors was happening to them, to their kids, you know? Yeah. Because uh -huh. before, before the crack, it was heroin and you know, other stuff coming into the community. So, after Vietnam, yeah. all that. I know, yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and close this out. Um, thank you guys for listening. Tiffany, say bye to the people. We'll have bye. Tiffany on again. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to make sure that she has her audio together then. All right. Bye, you guys. Say bye to Tiffany. Bye. Thanks for listening to my mom and auntie. Make sure you guys follow them on Instagram at the underscore John underscore podcast and on Twitter at W underscore the day. Don't forget to ask the John. Send in your listener letters to the John pod at gmail.com. Bye, people. Be blessed.